what do we believe about money that might not be true? And what's got the biggest impact on how we treat money and our prosperity? Many of our thoughts and beliefs on how the world works are rooted in our childhood. It's like the first place you go when you are having therapy and they try to unpack things one thing after another for your past. My earliest memory with money comes from just a birthday party. It's the first time I remember actually receiving any kind of money was just in a birthday card. And the first place it went is in my dad's wallet because I couldn't be trusted with money. Who knows what I'd do? I'd probably lose it or it'd get torn up or go to the wash. And now that I'm a dad, I have my first memory with him of money. And that is him trying to grasp what I do for work. So my day job is an insurance broker and I broker insurance for businesses, which is a niche thing. Explaining it to an adult's hard enough, explaining it to a child is impossible. And so when he asks, where does daddy go? He goes to work during the day. And what what does daddy do at work? He makes money. His brain has rationalized me literally physically making money. And that may be his earliest memory. How we as parents treat money begins to imprint on our children from day one and it starts with not just what we do but our attitudes and how we go about doing it when it involves work and spending and saving. Most of us, and I would say all of us, want our kids to be smart with money. We don't want them to make mistakes and we certainly don't want to make the same mistakes that our parents did when it came to about money. And it's not just what we do with money, it's our relationship with money that matters because they could win the lottery or they could work every day in their life slowly building up wealth but what they do with it and how they you know interact with it is going to really determine the value that it brings to them for instance people that grow up assuming that wealthy people are dishonest or selfish they have a harder time generating wealth for themselves another common thing is when people have a history of treating money like it's a dirty thing or something not to be talked about or it's a point of contention or stress in a family dynamic they tend to shy away from learning and growing and having a healthy relationship with money themselves as they grow up so how can we foster a healthy relationship with money well the first step in my opinion is to have kids physically handle money and understand its value. I heard a great example from, I think it was Rachel Cruz on The Ramsey Show, talking about how people need to have their kids sit down and within reason see what the income looks like in actual physical dollar bills and cave it across a kitchen table in different categories for the family budget so they know what it costs to operate their household. Now, if you're making a ton of money, maybe then this can be altered significantly to make it more realistic. They can understand what a typical budget is. But if you're you know, on a shoestring, they need to understand when they start asking for stuff what the true cost of things are. The next thing is to have kids have specific goals. And I'm not talking about necessarily they want a specific goal for like something that they want to buy at the store. That's the most obvious example. But instead, when they really think about the, the life that they want to have or what's greener on the other side, because a lot of times kids get caught up in comparison just as much as us parents do, then to have them not necessarily stop comparing, but start 
articulating what that specific life may look like in the terms of what would need to happen in order for us to get there as well. And without unloading too much of drill dynamics or the stress of the entire world on a kid's shoulders, maybe there's some specific examples of what a child can do to unpack the differences. This doesn't have to be like a long-term goal or a long-term view, but maybe just if they find themselves comparing what one birthday party might look like compared to their friends that had a different, maybe more expensive, lavish experience, maybe they can help understand what the cost is that goes into things like food or activities or how much it really costs to have a clown show up and what that turns into is terms of like how many meals around your family, what it costs to provide a meal on the family table versus what it costs to, you know, have a magician show up at a birthday party. Kids usually have a better idea or a better ability to wrap their minds around experiences versus dollars and cents. So if you're trying to help a child understand the real cost of things, try to translate it into terms of what it would cost to go to Disney World versus how many times it costs to put a child through a sports team, what the equipment and the fees and everything costs to be on a soccer team. And it helps them conceptualize what 30 seasons of soccer is compared to one trip to Disney. Hopefully, if you go through these exercises and you help children understand the real cost of money, they'll begin to draft up actual dreams that they may have for themselves in terms of real goals. And so this could literally be a vision board. I remember growing up and seeing kids with older siblings that had the cutouts of magazines, cars that they wanted to buy when they were 16 or schools that they wanted to go to in college. And that's a great way to really help them set specific tangible goals and then to understand the value of those when it comes to real dollars. One of the major stressors that gets translated from parents to children is stress about money. And that's the number one thing that I want to tackle with this channel. So if you enjoy some of these topics, please feel free to subscribe or check out other videos as it may pertain to you and your family and your future. But when it comes to family stress about money, the key is to help children engage in better habits. And so a better habit that will combat financial stress that may not be direct, it may be indirect stress that you're accidentally giving to your children is to exercise gratitude. That's good for adults too, but it's especially good for children to go through a routine and a habit that helps them express and explore gratitude, what they're grateful for in their life. So even in times where you can tell you yourself or your children are experiencing some sort of financial stress, if you are able to identify three things that you're grateful for, it's a huge transformational activity. You may be surprised at how deep kids are. I mean, kids as young as three, four, five, they're not just grateful for what's directly in front of them. And, and surprisingly, sometimes it's mom and dad, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a specific experience they had where you start to learn that maybe someone was picking on them on the playground and they start to open up about how grateful they were that someone stepped in or that a friend was able to provide some comfort in those experiences. They sometimes may not open to you all the time about that, but in the context of gratitude, it helps them to reveal some of the deeper emotions that they may be experiencing as a child. The other consequence of 
expressing gratitude in the context of financial stress is that it can often lead to giving and being more generous with your money. And let me tell you, it's crazy to think about, but the reality is that giving and generosity brings more wealth because you have a more intentional concept of every dollar you spend when you give more of it away. And so this may be the difference from not 100% of your wealth, but from zero to 2%. Okay, so you, if you're not giving any of your money away right now, and you begin to give away some of it, then that difference from zero to 2% of your wealth can translate to huge gains on the income side of your overall budget and how much you are saving and intentional about every dollar that you do bring into your household. Part of the reason for this is a loosening of your grip when it comes to money. Because when we hold really tight onto our money as it sits there in our bank account and grows or decreases depending on how the market goes up and down, we tend to just incur more stress and we tend to lose sight of the bigger picture of why we have the money in the first place, why we work so hard to accumulate those dollars. It's kind of like Play-Doh. If you squeeze too hard, it just kind of seeps in between your fingers and you end up losing sight of the whole point of having contact. There's another side to this coin because you may be listening to this and say, I don't have one or 2% of my household income to just give away. But expressing gratitude, again, that's the thing that we can do in the context of stress. Expressing that gratitude and thinking of three things that we're grateful for can help change the way that we receive money as well. Just yesterday, we went and we helped sort food and donate it for One Gin Away. This is an organization that helps provide meals to families. And they essentially have a grocery shop where they have groceries that come up and you help sort the food and then put it in people's cars. And so with that experience, it really changes the way that you approach that next meal you eat. So with kids, after sharing one of those experiences together, the next time that we go to lunch, it really helps provide context for the ways that we can be grateful for that next meal specifically. And if you get into that routine and habit, you can see how it builds one after another, changes the way that not just you approach your money that you're bringing in with work, but what you spend it on, meals, experiences, clothing, etc. If you want some specific examples, there's a research study where it showed two different families making about the same income level, where one was giving a portion of their income and the other was not. And on average, the second family that gave some of their income away, they ended up making $375 more on average for each income year. So we're talking about someone who ended up giving away more money, ended up statistically making more money in the long run. And again, I think it becomes down to two things, gratitude and intentionality. Giving money away, it changes our relationship to it. And it can be a generational change too, because giving it away creates a new dynamic where money isn't something that is treated as a scarce resource, but it is treated as a resource that can be a catalyst for change in a community. And that's the real difference when it comes to how you treat the material aspect of your money when it can be used as a tool for good and you can see it change your own lives and the lives around you 
it becomes a much more powerful tool than something that was often treated as a scarce resource in a lot of our previous generations. You know, we currently live in a world where a lot of our children are brought up believing that they will be successful, that it takes some sweat equity, it takes some luck and a little bit of inspiration and whatever they put their mind to, they'll be able to accomplish. Now, I know that there's a lot of people that think that a trophy for every kid generation is harmful, but I, I will say that there is some benefit to an optimistic view when it comes to success and money. As long as it's met with perseverance, as long as you have that 49% sweat equity, that 1% inspiration, and that 50% of luck and circumstance, as long as they understand that dynamic there, then kids are going to have not just a better shot at being successful, but they're going to have a more optimistic view of the world around them and what they can do to be agents of change and they can make better things happen in their community as they go through their generation. So what I want for my children is to not just be successful in what they do, but to use that success and have it be a catalyst for good things to happen in the broader community. As a Christian, that's what I believe that is part of the calling of living a life like Jesus and living in the way of the disciples is to be agents for change, to not just eliminate hunger, but to do it in a way that is an outpouring of the good things that God's already done in our lives and to be able to be agents for that good thing to happen in other lives as well. I think it's too low of a bar to have the goal for our children just to be prosperous. What the real focus should be is how they manage that prosperity because that is going to be the thing that is both going to make them more money and is going to bring them more satisfaction with what they do and how they do it for the rest of their lives. This is the thing that if you find yourself thinking about your own parents generationally and how they treated money, this is the transition that I'm making personally and where I want my kids to be able to live in prosperity when it comes to their finances, but also to live abundantly and to be able to give like no one else in their community.